The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel.
Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I want the angel of God to write down your name in that Lamb's book of life and not blot it out. But if he's going to do that, you're going to have to make a very clear covenant with him, asking him to open to you the gates of righteousness, asking him to totally take charge of your life and transform you. I prayed with a young man yesterday. This young man is what he calls a Christian. I said, are you a real Christian? Yes, he said, I'm a real Christian. I said, are you still walking in sin? Yes, I'm still walking in sin. What is your sin? This is the first time I've talked with this young man. I want to know what his sin is. He immediately confessed to alcohol. I said, would you like to leave your alcohol? He said, I've tried, but I can't. No real Christian is not able to lay down the alcohol because when the name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life and the power of the Holy Spirit comes in, sin is removed. It is forgiven. It is removed. And the power of God comes with incredible presence of the Holy Spirit, and he changes you. I said, would you like me to pray that this demon of alcohol would be removed from your life? Yes, please pray. And so I anointed him with oil. I prayed over him. And I said, Lord, I bind this demon of alcohol in, in this young man's life, and I ask that it be removed now in the name of Jesus, and I ask that you would claim this young man for your kingdom, that you would sanctify him fully. When I was finished praying, he said, thank you. And he left after the service. Now, what I've since learned is that he is also very active sexually and he's not married that he goes to the massage parlors the erotic massage parlors that he lives a wicked life and I've just spent time this morning praying for him saying Jesus I claim this young man for the kingdom of heaven Lord don't let him continue to walk in his wicked ways but cause your spirit to call after this young man and do whatever is necessary to save his soul. Now, part of what I recognize is we are in an age when men and women call themselves real Christians, and they are not. This young man is not a Christian. I pray that yesterday's prayer over him will cause him to turn to the Lord Jesus and become serious about his walk and serious about surrendering and consecrating himself totally and completely to Jesus. But I wonder, where does this broadcast find you today? Would you call yourself a Christian, a real Christian, but you continue to walk in utter darkness, uncleanness, wickedness, where is your shame? Where will you turn and leave your sin? And when will you do this? And how will you do this? I want to tell you, it's only possible by the blood of Jesus, and it's only possible as we are crucified with him. I want to read for you a passage of Scripture to begin today. Matthew, the 13th chapter. These are the words of Jesus beginning with verse 11. He said to the disciples, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. 
Whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In other words, you can see the doctrinal position of the Christian church. You can see the worship service. You can have a sentimental attachment to the Christian faith and to Jesus and still be blind and not see the way of the cross, not see the crucifixion that's necessary if you're going to enter into the kingdom of God and be written in the Lamb's book of life. Verse 14, he continues, To them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. That word calloused translated in the NIV. In the King James Version, it's gross. The heart has become gross. What's being spoken of here? In the literal Greek, he is saying, you have become so fat and lazy. You have become so given to your ways and to darkness, even while calling yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, that you are unable to perceive, you are unable to understand the deep things of God. I come to this broadcast day by day and I speak the deep things of God. If you want to understand them, you're going to have to come and by the power of the Holy Spirit become zealous in repentance, zealous in earnestly seeking after Jesus with all of your heart. You can understand all the doctrines the devil does. You can enjoy all the benefits of your local church and be utterly lost, all the while thinking you're saved, on your way to heaven. If anyone would say, are you a Christian? Oh, yes, I'm a Christian. No, you're not. Not if you're walking in the gross fatness of your heart, calloused and hard. Now listen, they hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. They have chosen to close their eyes to the call of the Holy Spirit to be right with Jesus. Otherwise, they might see with their ears and hear with their ears, see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. This is a prophecy out of Isaiah 6, 9-10. Literally, he's saying, look, if you'll stop closing your eyes to the gospel truth of righteousness, if you will stop closing your eyes to the truth that is far beyond the sinning Christian, if you will turn, I will heal you, Jesus said. If you will turn, I will heal you. Now this is said to preface the parable of the seed that was sown in the field. And it's very clear. He's saying, look, the worries of this life, the responsibilities of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, The love of other things, they come in and they choke out this seed, or they cause you to close your eyes to the truth of repentance and righteousness. And they cause your heart to grow fat and calloused and unable to understand the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, we want to come back And we want to talk further about this church, the last day church, the seven churches of Revelation. The last church, the last day church is Laodicea. 
It is in this church that he begins to give direction to recover oneself from a fat, hard, cold heart, from institutional religion. He calls on them. He says, I know your works. I know what you do, not what you say. I know what you do. You're not cold or hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I'm about to vomit you out of my mouth. In other words, for those who are lukewarm, there will be no writing of your name in the Lamb's book of life. And if your name was written there at one time, it will be blotted out at the judgment of God. And your name will not be found in the Lamb's book of life if you have not turned from your sin. This is frightening. It's real. So he begins now to give counsel. He says, Because you say I'm rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. In other words, I have my beautiful church. I have the pleasantness of my church. A young woman said to me, The church I go to I enjoy very much. Well, why? Because they have wonderful programs and a wonderful social life. Not one word about righteousness. Not one word about sin. My heart broke for her. She's going to her social church where they have wonderful concerts and wonderful music and and they have all of these advantages to take the family. They have all the children's programs. They have everything you want. He's saying, because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing, but you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked, And now he begins to give specific instruction regarding what we must do if we are going to awaken from this condition of deadness, of fatness, of of cultural religion, of Jesus being spray-painted, cotton candy Jesus, sentimental Jesus, not the Jesus of Scripture. He says, I'm counseling you to buy from me gold, having been refined by the fire. Gold is faith. We've covered this. But in way of quick review, gold is faith. And when we come to Jesus Christ and we say to him, Lord, take over my life. I give you my life. I give you everything. I no longer will possess money. I'll no longer possess my family. I'll no longer possess my home or my car, my energies, my ambitions. I give everything to you, Jesus. That means that now I don't reach out and grab for myself. I wait on the Lord. It means that now I continue doing a faithful job at work as I wait on the Lord and I testify in that place that Jesus is the Christ, both by my lifestyle and by my words, by what I do and what I say. It means that I I don't rule over others, but I am a servant to others. It is in this place that the mighty God of heaven begins to get a handle on our heart, and he brings us into the fire. And we don't reach out to rescue ourselves. We go to the prayer closet and we begin to cry out to God that he alone can rescue us. And we wait upon him for direction. We read the scriptures, many chapters a day even perhaps. We pray, we cry out to Jesus. We have no longer the television on. We have no longer interest in the things of this world. But we are focusing now on becoming gold in Jesus Christ. And these things of the wicked world no longer attract our heart. We're not interested. We put them away. 
because now we want Jesus. We become refined by fire. We will go through the desert. We will go through suffering as we wait on Jesus. Then the white garments that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. Remember, Adam and Eve were naked. They were naked after they reached out and took for themselves from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They were looking at themselves. They were suddenly naked and they were ashamed. The broadcast or the message that's on the web from yesterday, the Sunday sermon, the gift of shame, where I shared with the people at the National Prayer Chapel the absolute importance of realizing and experiencing shame for sin. Now, some of us in our lives have done everything we could to avoid shame. We must pray once more that the Lord God of heaven will show us our shame. You see, when you when you walk in a certain way and you freely sin, when you pursue, for example, professional sports and you spend hours sitting in your couch watching television, you sear your conscience until it seems all right. And when someone comes and says, that's wrong, don't do that, they laugh in your face. I have people who who laugh at me and say, Pastor, come on. There's nothing wrong with professional sports. I love them, and they follow them. They know everything about the game. They know all the players. It's their focus. It is their idolatrous God. They are much more interested in who wins the Super Bowl than they are in making quick progress toward heaven. What a tragedy. What an ugly thing. What a shameful thing. But when we continue to walk in our ways, we lose all sense of shame. So we live in a culture today that is animalistic. People, for example, the women's march on the mall, wearing pink hats, they've They've seared their conscience. They don't know what is decent. They are indecent people, lost on their way to hell because they have no sense of shame. A young man cursing and swearing, stomping on the flag in public, saying every vile thing. He's like a wild animal. And the day will come when he will be destroyed like a wild animal that is ravenous, that is filled with rabies. This is what the devil does to people. He wants to sear their conscience. He wants to make them like animals, like dogs, going after every woman in heat. No sense of what is proper, what is right. I see people today dressing in all kinds of casual clothing coming into the church. They're not aware that God is watching them. And with the casual dress comes a casual life. And with a casual life comes casual sin. And with casual sin comes every addiction and every unclean thing into a man or woman's life. Do I welcome people at the National Prayer Chapel who are dressed in casual clothes? Absolutely I do. You're welcome to come. But let me tell you, you will not stay that way long when Jesus begins to get a hold of you and begins to transform your life and give you a sense of self-respect in Jesus Christ. There's an 
absolute lack of respect for the holy God of heaven. Preachers going into the pulpit wearing a Hawaiian shirt like they're on their way to the beach. It's incredible to me. It's it's symbolic of a whole condition of the sinning church today where we have lost our sense of shame. We've lost our sense of self-respect. We've lost respect for Jesus Christ. And everything is acceptable to now, today. Every Do whatever you want to do. It's okay. You're saved. You're on your way to heaven. Let's have a party. Are you kidding me? You're not on your way to heaven. You're on your way to hell. Jesus is saying, you've got to be dressed differently than you're dressed. You have to be dressed in garments that that cover your shame, that take away your nakedness. And as I shared earlier in the book of Revelation, it says very clearly that the white clothing clothing that men are to wear and women are to wear is, is righteousness, righteous actions of the saints. That's what the white clothing represents. And now we come to the last, that you may rub eye salve on your eyes that you may see. This is Revelation, the third chapter, verse 18. That you may rub eye salve on your eyes that you may see. The eye salve obviously represents the Holy Spirit. And I want to tell you, there is a journey to take toward the cross of Jesus Christ. There is a wilderness journey you must go through where you are tried, where you are not casual any longer, where you earnestly seek after Jesus Christ with all of your heart. And then there is that call of the Holy Spirit to clean up, to be washed by the blood, to put on the clothes of righteousness, to leave your sin. And then third, and in proper order, comes the Pentecost anointing of the Holy Spirit comes the salve that gives us the ability once more to see and hear and understand what Jesus is saying to us. And the greatest need in the church today is for men and women who can see and understand what the Lord God of heaven is saying regarding this age and this time. We live in a desperate time We live in a time of great crisis, spiritual crisis, a time of great sin and wickedness, wickedness beyond anything the old-timers could have imagined, where every thought of the heart is wickedness, where Hollywood, where television, where the media will always turn and take the darkest part of a story and magnify it and make it seem like it is good. Everything that is wicked is being lifted up as righteous today. Everything is saying, have it your way. No, I want it God's way. I want it God's way. And that means I must be willing to endure the desert journey. I must endure the testing and the trying and the fire. I must then, in righteousness, begin to act in ways that are pleasing to Jesus, leaving behind the theater, 
leaving behind the entertainment of the world, leaving behind the fornication, the lying, the stealing, the pornography, leaving behind the things of this world that are wicked, leaving behind hatred and anger and bitterness, leaving behind prejudice, leaving behind racial prejudice and repenting and turning from it. Some say that we will have a race war in America. I want to say very directly to you, if you are a Christian, you will not participate in any kind of race war. For we all bleed the same color. And Jesus bled red too. I say to the National Prayer Chapel, we're not black or white or yellow or brown. We're red. The blood of Jesus has washed us and made us clean. He has transformed us and changed us. He's made black and white, brown and yellow. He's made us all one in Christ Jesus. There's no longer a man or a woman. There's no longer a Greek or a Scythian. We're all one in Jesus Christ with all the same rights and privileges. We are one in Christ Jesus. If we are journeying through the fire, and if we have begun to put on the robes of righteousness and cried out to God that we could see that he would apply the eye salve to our eyes so that we could begin to walk in righteousness and hear from God and know how to speak his word to others. This is a time when we must take very seriously these words of the risen Lord. These words are not open to our interpretation. They are spoken very plainly and very simply by the risen Christ from the glory of heaven. Now, before it becomes too late today, I'm going to open the broadcast. If you would like to call, if you need to be prayed for, then you're welcome to call. Or if you would like to call and share a part of your journey, you're welcome to call. Don't call if you're asking me to pray for Mr. Trump or you're calling to ask me to pray for somebody else. That's not appropriate at this time. Believe me, I pray for President Trump and I pray for our government leaders and I pray that God will move on this country with great power, bringing a time of refreshing and righteousness to our nation. But now I'm dealing with you, with your heart. Are you still walking in sin? Do you need to be prayed for that you could be released from the bondage and have your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Our phone number in the studio is 877-534-0780. That number again is 877-534-0780. I've been asked, please, Pastor, would you open the lines early? Because by the time you open them, there's not time for us. We'll quickly call. I'll be happy to talk with you and pray with you. If you see how serious this time is, and you recognize that you've been blind, you've been blind to your own spiritual condition, or you've been walking in sin and you know it, and you've struggled against it, but you've not been able to gain the victory, then today can be your day of victory. Today can be your day of deliverance. So call quickly, 877-534-0780. Now, I'd like to go, as I wait for a call to the book of Ephesians, 
And I just want to read this passage for you, please. This is Ephesians, the second chapter. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. That may be you, even though you claim to be a Christian. Your spirit may be dead. If you know that, call quickly. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. So if you're walking in sin today, my brother, my sister, if you're disobedient to the Lord God of heaven, it is the spirit of darkness that is at work in your heart. And there must be a total change. That spirit of darkness must be expelled. And you must find the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. And like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. If you're walking in sin today, you are an object of wrath before the holy God, and your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life. Do you understand? Do you have ears to hear? Do you have eyes to see? If you are walking under the wrath of God, as the writer of the book of Ephesians is saying, then you are in deep trouble with Jesus. And you must immediately begin to turn to him and zealously repent, earnestly seeking him. He says, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. Please hear me today. Open your ears. If you're dead in your transgressions, you can be made alive by the gift of grace from Jesus Christ. He will transform you. He will make you alive with Christ. He will make you righteous. He will change your heart. He will give you a new life. He will speak into your heart, and he will totally renew you. Do you recognize you have this need? If you do, call. I'll pray with you that Jesus will set you free, that he'll forgive you, that he'll wipe away your sins, that he'll restore you, that he'll write your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. 877-534-0780. Now, while we're waiting for a quick call, let me give you some information. We're coming down to the very end of the month. And I'd like to invite you to step forward at the prompting of the Spirit to help us cover the final cost of this month's broadcast. It's almost $4,000. But we are still short $1,030. Let's put Keith on. Welcome, Keith. How can I pray for you? Hey, Pastor. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. <laughs> uh, I listen to you. I love the truth that, come, that comes from you. I am a believer in Christ Jesus. And I, and I study prophecy, and I witness the people sometimes. Pastor, I've been living with a woman for hours. Who I was supposed to have been engaged to, and uh, I, you know, I ain't gonna lie. I got to tell the truth. I know this lady didn't have a relationship with God, and I got my emotions caught up, and and then it's caught up, right? Yes. And it's like I want to be free in my mind and and in my heart, 
uh, I moved out. I got my own place. But it's like my my, my maybe my flesh, or my my heart still 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 yearning for this lady. Are you still sexually involved? No, uh You're walking clean. I guess if you say I'm clean, <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not doing anything. I'm not because I we we stopped sleeping together since uh, Christmas Eve, right? Okay. And uh, I finally moved out because I, I was just catching a whole bunch of evil from love, her. Keith, do you love this woman? Yes, I do. <clears throat> okay, I want to be very clear with you. If you love this woman, love her enough to pray for her. I pray for her salvation every day. No, I'm meaning, I'm meaning Jesus said, could you not even watch and pray for one hour? Set okay. apart one hour every day and cry out before the Lord and ask him to bring this woman to himself. Yes, sir. And ask him that if he chooses not to bring her to himself, if she rebels, then ask him to take her out of your life. To make it plain what you must do. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. It makes a lot of sense to me. Yes, sir. All right. Would you pray first, and then I'll pray for you. Heavenly Father, me and my pastor come to you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Father, I have sinned. I've been uh, sleeping with Kim, Lord God. Um. You 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 seen the, the the situation? Uh, you seen things I've done as trying to be a man to her, but it, it was all just rejected. And now that I'm away from her, I don't know what to do uh, with my feelings. But I know I, I love her. I'm in love with her. And I know when I was at the house with her, and I and I would pray and get downstairs talking to people that she would close the door because she because she didn't want to hear that. And I understand that because I, because I was there one time, Father. But Father, the words say, Father, Father, Romans 8, there is therefore now no condemnation for them which are in Christ Jesus. I feel condemned today because I have feelings for this lady, for him. But Father, right now, Lord God, I ask Lord God that you would touch her life. Then your spirit, Father, got to her, Lord God. Send some of her way to talk to her, Father. In the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father. Father, I just thank you, Lord God, for saving me, forgiving me for my sins. Yes. Thank you, Father. Lord, I just pray, Lord God, because this, this time is short that we live in. And I don't want to see uh, her, her children, her family, her mother. I don't see none of my family, my sisters, go to the lake of fire. Yes. I'm not trying to go there, Father. I'm trying to love you. I'm trying to serve you. I know I have a ministry that I have not been practicing. I ask you to forgive me. And I ask for the, I plead the blood of Jesus, Lord God, over me. And I plead the blood of Jesus over, over him. And, Father, I don't... I don't know if I have any power, but I know she has an evil spirit with her. It comes up every every week. I just I just please bless Jesus, Father God, against every spirit, every fallen angel, Father God, that bring a division between me and you, between her and you. Thank you for pastors getting on the phone praying with me, because I'm trying to be strong. But I'm hurting inside. I just need to be free, Lord God. Uh, I know you love us because you sent your son to die for us. Shed his blood on the cross. And I don't like sleeping around with different women no more. I'm not a young man. I'm not trying to be a fornicator no more. I just want one woman in my life. And if you choose to take her out of my life, Father, take her out of my life. Yes. 
Lord, I come and I ask in agreement with Keith that right now you would bind this demon spirit in Kim. We ask in the name of Jesus that it would be cast out. We ask that you would call her to serve you alone, Jesus. That you would turn her heart toward Keith, if that be your will. And Lord, if that is not your will, I ask that you would bind up Keith's emotions, that you would heal him and cut this relationship off completely. Lord, he was walking in sin. He became entangled, but he has repented, and he has set his feet on a path for heaven. And so, Jesus, I ask for your comfort to enter his heart. You know he is lonely for that special woman in his life. So, Jesus, I ask now in your mighty name that you would heal his heart and cut every soul tie between he and Kim according to your will, that you would either quickly establish them in righteousness or you would totally sever every soul tie. I ask this in your mighty name, Jesus, and according to your will. Amen. Amen. God bless you, brother. Let Let me know what happens. We're going to watch. We're going to watch Jesus work in her heart or in your life, and maybe both. All right. God bless you, and thank you for listening. Okay, we have Lynn next. Hello. Hi, Pastor Greenley. God bless you. Oh, and God bless Keith and the other gentleman you brought up earlier today. You know, there's something to be said for getting old. (laughs) You're right. I missed a little bit of the beginning of your broadcast because I was making sure that I got a donation in the mail to you today. So I pray that all the money you need will come in and God will richly bless you and your church and, and the ministry of your radio program because you are such a blessing. I can't even begin to imagine the number of people that you are blessing that we don't even know about. You bless me every day. Thank you. And and I heard you you, you mentioned one of my favorite scriptures, the one about um, no prophecy of scripture is open to any private interpretation. Yes. Because those of us who don't understand God's word, it's because we've allowed it to be twisted. Because God is so good to us with his Holy Spirit. He gives us such clear understanding. It's like truth. There's one truth. We don't have 20 truths. No, no we have the truth, the truth of God's word, and he means what he says, and he says what he means. Yes. So clearly. And I was thinking of one other thing, is if when you were reading from Ephesians, in um, chapter 5, 20, verse 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it, his church and bride, with the washing of water by the word. And, you know, it's tough. It must be worse than ever to be a younger person today with all the struggles and the lust and the temptations and then the deception of the screens and just the technology itself. It's kind of like it's weaponized or something. And so you're in like this alternative reality and and so disconnected from just time, just everyday connection to people and to God and His Word. And what I see and what scares me more than anything is that other people proclaiming to be Christians are shutting down anybody who doesn't agree with some political agenda they have. You know, I thank God that, that... Jesus didn't have a political party. Yes. <laughs> you know? And that and that his word is above all and you remind us of that every day and that he gives us the grace to be godly. And I pray for these two gentlemen today and ask our Lord 
to to give them godly, holy wives. I mean, all these women are desperate for men, Lynn, I can tell you, fellas. Lynn, but, you know, we Lynn, can't be unequally yoked. And my prayer I, is that I, I not I stop you a minute, Lynn? out of the Word of God. I Lynn, mean, out of can, the book Lynn, of life. can I stop you a minute? Yep, would, I'm going to stop right now. No, would you pray for these two men right now? Sure, sure, I would Thank love you. to. Thank Please. you. Um, do you want to share the first one's name? You don't have to. No. Okay, that's good. Okay, Heavenly Father, I thank you that we can come before you and lift up Keith and the other young man and the temptations they live with. I praise you for Keith and that, that, that he has been through your grace to, to draw a line with his girlfriend. And yes. to and to move out and to do what's right and to try to live in a way that's according to your will. Lord God, I pray that he would not be unequally yoked because we as women can be very enticing and we can be deceptive. So, Lord, I pray that you give him eyes to see and a heart for you and plenty of opportunities to spend time in your presence, in your word, and that you would change Kim's heart one way or another, whether she's meant to be with him or not. And if it's not her Lord, that you know who it is and that you would bring a godly, holy woman into his life and maybe one with children who needs a father. There's so many young people who have no men in their lives and we need examples of a godly family. And I lift up the other gentleman that's struggling with temptation. Lord, I pray that he puts post-it notes all over his house that have other activities he can do and one on his on his dashboard so that he won't go to the massage parlors and you would leave him completely of that temptation and that you would bring godly Christian believers into his life to fill his time and that you would grow in him such a deep hunger for your word, Lord. May we all be driven to your word, to your word more than anything else, and that we could learn wisdom and godly understanding and knowledge through your word and your proverbs and to praise you and glorify you in praying your psalms. And I thank you especially for Pastor Greenlee, Lord. Please bless him and meet all of his needs. And as he desires someone to share his life with, Lord, that you would bring somebody into his life that would meet those needs and help him in his ministry and help him with his finances and everything else that he needs. Lord, you've allowed him and raised him up to bless all of us. Please pour your blessings out on him. I thank you, Lord. I ask for more and more people to hear him share your word without compromise as he does, and that you would give all the listeners ears to hear and hearts to understand. We glorify, we thank you, we praise you, Lord. We thank thank you for your word and for hearing our prayer. And, And Lord, that your will will be done. And we give you honor and glory in Jesus' holy name, we pray. Amen. Lynn, thank you. You've made my day. Thank you. Thank you for your prayers. You make mine a lot. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you, too. Thank you. Bye. We're out of time today. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. Please go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. You'll find there all the information on how to reach us. I'm Pastor Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. Thank you for listening. God bless you today. I love you. I'll talk to you soon.